This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. This morning, uh, we're very fortunate to have with us on The Point, Sam Cordy. Uh, Sam is the uh, KPOV development director, and Sam and her husband, John, as Steve mentioned at the beginning, are parents of a 14-month-old daughter yeah adorable little uh and um so we were just going to talk to sam about what's going on what what's going on with young parents uh young mothers in, in particular here in central oregon so sam thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me i'm always excited to talk about uh the one thing that it's dictating my life uh 24 7 which is the little gremlin <laughs> <laughs> all right little gremlin and so uh, do you want to start start wherever you want sam but i was thinking you were talking to us about something this morning that's kind of a heavy topic so we don't necessarily have to jump right into that but the thing you were talking about in louisiana yeah so i read an article this morning um about a woman that was pregnant just found out she was pregnant with her second child and so you know you you know the rope slightly um and she was trying to make an appointment with her ob um right around the six week mark so for any other mothers out there they know that typically you want to get your first appointment in and just check for all the all the things, the heartbeat, the your overall general health. You know, for me, it was to make sure I was actually pregnant because I couldn't convince myself that I was. Um, and they weren't going to actually take patients, um, new uh, uh, newly pregnant women, until after they were pregnant for twelve weeks. Which seems utterly ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and and I I think uh, it is a regressive plan that just seems absolutely unbelievable for the United States. I mean, it's denying, it's denying healthcare. It's denying your health rights. I know for me personally, I was so stressed out. I mean, you have no idea what's happening in your body in those first 12 weeks. And even just having the reassurement of, of a, of a doctor that's looking over your 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 body and checking for all the important things and and making and just having that you know thirty minutes of solace where okay everything is okay because we know that stress and, and that early stage in that first trimester is super um, it's super toxic on on a woman's body on a on a uh, forming fetus <laughs> um, so there's just a lot of repercussions that we can't even think about and just for the mental state of a woman just to not be seen until. 12 weeks. Most recently, uh, uh, a Canadian intellectual, a doctor, Gabor Mate, talked about the fact that so much of what we end up becoming is based on what happens to us in the womb. And, you know, I think that it would be exceedingly difficult to remain calm and cool and collected during the course of a preg- pregnancy in times like these. Absolutely. And we, um, I, I think the, the conversation is definitely getting more common about women that do um, suffer miscarriages in the first trimester. And to think that, you know, you didn't have any of those those moments or just even that support in the first 12 weeks, I mean, most often they, they do happen in that first trimester. So that just is even more isolating to not have that resource or to even have the... Um, the opportunity to go and to see a, to see your your OB who's going to be guiding you through that entire process it's absolutely mind blowing especially for first time mothers 
I think it's fortunate if you are an expectant mother to live in Oregon. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that we were talking about earlier um, uh, about this conversation is, you know, I have a daughter and um, Bruce also has daughters. Um, and it most, it, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I think about, about, um, you know, this might be a limiting factor if she wants to, to, to live outside of Oregon, what places can she live within the United States? It's something that I've never had to live or to consider in my lifetime. I knew that my my rights were protect, federally protected, but you know, even choosing college if she wants to go down that route or accepting a job. I mean, you have to make sure that the states are are upholding this basic human right, and it's going to be a consideration for a lot of people that they didn't have to consider before. And it seems like this is a problem of some of the most poverty-ridden states there are. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's completely upsetting seeing the correlation between income level and um, yeah, the the poverty level and what states are denying basic human rights. Definitely, you know, as other factors weigh in, like the the water crisis in Jacksonville. Good grief, you know. Uh, you have to not only be concerned for what you're consuming, but for what your baby's consuming. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I just read an article now that they've confirmed that um, microplastics are in breast milk. And so like as a as a new mom, um, I wouldn't say quite a young mom, but I appreciate that, Bruce. Um, but as a new mom, I will say, uh, I mean, there's... The, the evolution of social media has been both a great thing for new moms and also a, a terrifying thing. You get a lot of support and you are less isolated, but you also consider a lot more factors than you probably would have. You kind of, instead of staying in your bubble. And so um, there are so many things that go through your mind of like, what am I doing to mess up this poor innocent child's uh, young life before they even can say their first word or take their first step. So yeah, the environmental factors are huge as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, ultimately what we're looking at, and I, I'm happy to say that KPOV has been very proactive, but even the subject of microplastics hasn't been covered that well in national media. Mm-hmm. And I am a fan of Le Show and Harry Shearer, covers that issue every week. So it's really in the forefront of my mind and it should be for anybody who is pregnant or is going to have a kid or is, you know, going to be raising a kid. You know, the the fluid that they drink, the, the water mm-hmm. becomes a, a real question. Well, and also the like the materials that you feed your kid with, the forks and the plates and they have made um, you know there are some really great companies that are coming out with materials that um, are BPA proof and have and are better for consumption but it's just another thing that you're like oh I'm, I'm just trying to feed my child I'm just trying to make sure that they are happy fed and um, taken care of and things that don't even necessarily cross your mind could be you know hurting them well you certainly given all the listeners today a good example of someone your age who is paying very close attention to what's going on. And I would hope, as we spoke earlier, that there will be other people your age that get equally involved and become as well-educated about the environmental challenges that you face as well as the actual challenges of of uh, getting child care, yeah. which is... 
probably going to be one of the next issues we're going to talk yeah. about. Well, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Sam. Well, and I was just going to say, one thing that I recommend, because there's so many places to access information. You'll get it from your mother, your mother-in-law, your aunt, your sister-in-law, your best friend, someone you haven't talked to in 30 years. You know, So I would say, if you trust your pediatrician, it's great to access all this information and to do your, re- your research on your own. But trust the doctor, and if you don't trust your pediatrician, then get a new one, because that you have to have, find a way to silo out information, or else you will go cuckoo bananas. So one of the issues, a, a really big issue right right now uh, for all young parents is childcare. Yes. And can you talk about that? I, I think in your experiences, and, and you know, maybe in a broader context. Yeah, so I mean, just from personally, that was something that I was warned to tackle, like when I was actually even still pregnant, to try to tackle the the childcare, figure that out, get on wait lists, um, and it is a labyrinth of of different information, different costs. Trying to um, yeah, so it's trying to sign up for. Um, for different types of childcare, I've had friends that have done um, uh, my peers that have done uh, some hybrid combination of of childcare. Whether it's a parent, a grandparent that can take the kids, you know, one to two days a week, or um, parents that one parent will stay home for the first, you know, five to six years of the child's life until they get into um, kindergarten. Uh, it is quite, um, I'd say it's the biggest challenge that I've faced so far because unless you can have one parent that can um, have the burden of the entire um, uh, earning the entire uh, um, living and so that a parent can stay home or even, you know, put in a couple hours at a at a job where they are actually contributing to the bottom line, not just to working to 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 um, cover childcare. That's kind of the way that I was told to break down the numbers. If you are working just to pay for childcare, then that's not. Then it's not worth it. And that is um, quite a common occurrence, I think, for a lot of people, even those that are established in their career. Well, I, I know I'm glad that I'm working on seventy three because those tasks that you're talking about seem nearly insurmountable and I can certainly understand why young people feel a level of stress that have kids. Absolutely. I mean, and you do, I mean, someone that's taking care of your child, but also, you know, like uh, most people would need to work as well to feel their own sense of identity and fulfillment. So that's also something that plays into the, to the decision-making process and um, stay-at-home moms. I mean, that is the hardest job oh, yeah. I, I just to um, have the again the burden of socialization and milestones and benchmarks and all the other things that um, that that child care providers are educated with I mean they have their, their they are actually educated on that and when you know when you're a new parent you you're self-educated you have all the anecdotes from everyone that uh, stops you in the street to give you advice but mm-hmm. um, but Typically, you don't know anything about rearing a child, and that is your ultimate uh, number one takeaway from that or from goal after you have a child is, oh, okay, now i got to figure out how to do this. I got you through to this part and and just keep you know learning and adapting and growing. So, um, to yeah, to think about taking on a whole other career for that. I mean, that's what stay-at-home moms are doing. They are... It's just incredible work, but it's also now seen as a luxury to be able to be a stay-at-home mom, even though that's absolutely not the case. That's um, it, 
it really comes down to your own personal finances and whether you can even get a, a place or a full-time place. I mean, when we started off, we, we were only able to do um, part-time uh, in-home private care. And um, and that's wonderful too. And then, but you're also like considering the the routine. Are you messing up the child's routine by not having something consistent? Are you messing up your own routine by not having something consistent? Um, all those pieces that go into it. So it is definitely been the most challenging piece about what is the best thing for your family and for your child and for your finances. You're very fortunate to have been involved in the industries that you've been in because I think it gives you a clear insight to a lot of what other people are putting up with. Yeah, absolutely. It's usually not a single issue. It's a number of issues and then you have to figure out how to balance and juggle everything. And boy, I think that's really a challenge for young people nowadays. Well, and it's not like it's just for, you know, until they're in kindergarten or until they're in school. I mean, then you've got the summers or the the holidays off. And I always look at the parents that are, you know, with multiple kids running around to sports and to do this. And I just, I I don't know how they're able to balance all of that and, and, um, and how how they work with their employers about you know childcare and in um, summer camps and all of that. I mean, it, it just seems like you you tackle one challenge and then there's the next ones that go. And that's I guess being a parent. But um, but yeah, the childcare burden is is absolutely the cost of the childcare um, is absolutely I think a deterrent for a lot of people that are considering whether they want to have children or not. Um, they say that my the millennials aren't having kids. Or they are, they're having, not having many. Um, and that's a really, it's a fiscal decision. It, it's a, yeah, it is definitely a, a potential uh, issue in, in a way that's unfortunate. But um, that, not, I mean, the, it's unfortunate that we have our society constructed in a way that it's a potential issue, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to having a society where we all take care of each other and, and could make parenting a joy. And it, it is a joy, right? I mean, right. I know that quite well. But, um, but yeah, so, and, and, and Sam has, has put in sort of Hercule, not even sort of Herculean efforts to balance all of those <laughs> things and get here at this KPOV. It's a fairly demanding job, joyful and fulfilling, but fairly demanding, actually quite demanding. So, um, Sam, that's. Thank you for letting <laughs> me share anything my else story. You, okay, anything else you yeah. want to throw in? Or? Um, it was. It was nice to be able to uh, expose my child to a lot of events with KPOV this summer. So I do recommend that, even just getting out on the weekends and getting involved. Ben does events every week, and I know it's we're all hibernating now, but it was really cool to expose her to so many different things, marches and music festivals, and there's tons of free events that just help spark your imagination and your inspiration while also being able to you know expose your child to what's what's happening right now, even if they are... You know, in the little lump slash gremlin yeah. in the little, yeah, in the little stroll. I, I had the privilege to be at a couple of those places with with Sam's daughter, and it yeah. was a joy to watch her with just those wide eyes and smiles and coos and all that. So, all right, thank you so much, yeah, Sam, for, for joining us this me, morning, Stephen Bruce. You bet. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org/slash/criticalconversations.